0: So let's do this. I want to pray before we get started, and I'm going to kind of open up the message before we dive into the text. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just invite you now, Holy Spirit, to move powerfully in this place. We resign ourselves to your plans, to your will. I ask that you would go forward right now and begin to till the soil, the ground in people's hearts. Prepare the way. For the seed that's about ready to be deposited, to be sown, to fall on fresh soil, God. Ripe, healthy soil that's ready to bring forth life from the words that are spoken. And I ask you that you would anoint me to preach your word, God. That you would help me to bring forth healthy, good seed for all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, let's, let's dive in. Let me ask you a question to kick things off, how many people at some point in your life have ever said, I am just ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for a new beginning, Amen. right? How many people right now are praying, God, please give me a fresh start. Give me a new beginning. You know, this is, this is a, a kind of a common part of our walk with God is that we know things change. God has new seasons in store for us. He has uh, new chapters, if you will, in our life as we go along this journey with him. He is a God of new beginnings. He is a God of fresh seasons. We see that all throughout the scripture. One of the awesome things that God does even after we're already walking with Christ is you know we can err and we can miss the mark and kind of get caught up in some er- place of sin or some track that's off for us and we can go and ask God to forgive us and he can wash us of that and kind of put us back on track and give us a fresh start. So he's a God of fresh starts and beginnings. But I want to come at you today about the subject of new beginnings in a way possibly that you haven't heard before, certainly I think in a way that will challenge us to rethink how we view new beginnings and fresh starts in our lives. So do I have permission to mess with you a little bit today? Yes. All right. A few of you that didn't raise your hand, you can just politely exit right now. All right. So I do, I wanna mess with you a little bit because I've been messed with about this, right? I've been messed with around this subject of new beginnings. I've seen this wrong in the past and God's opened my eyes to some things. And so I have to, my role is I have to bring this to you the way that God has brought this to me, present it and then allow God to minister it to you by the person of the Holy Spirit. So you open your heart and prepare for what God wants to say to you today. But here's the thing about new beginnings that I've found is that change isn't always good just for change's sake. There can be healthy change, but there can also be unhealthy change. Meaning, sometimes when you drill down into things with people, they're praying for a fresh start praying for a new beginning, looking for God to just kind of pull them out of where they are and put them into something new because they want to get out from under whatever it is that they're going through and dealing with right now. It's almost like they're hoping to just kind of press the reset button and they think that a fresh start, a new beginning is the solution that that somehow is the answer that they're looking for to fix the problems or the difficulties that they're having. Sometimes that's the case. It's not always the case. Are you with me so far? I mean there's a lot of times people are praying, I just I want a new relationship. I want to start a new relationship, kind of begin fresh. When They're still carrying the same bad decisions from the old relationship with them. Those things haven't been dealt with. Praying for the new job to make more money, but they're still carrying the bad spending habits and the bad money management habits along with them into the next season and the new place. I want to move, I want to relocate, get out from this place and start over in a new place. And then carry the same attitudes, the same negativity, the same doubt, and now they just find themselves in a new environment. And so many times what actually ends up happening is that people just exchange one rut for a new rut. Whoa. Now, here's the, dif- here's the danger in that is, you know, I'm, I'm one of those weird kind of people. I'd I like change. I mean, I really, I'm kind of all about it. I like it. I embrace it. I sort of go for it, and, and I'm bent that way. Anybody else a weirdo like me is just like, yeah, oh, good, a lot of weirdos. Awesome. All right, good. But, but there is some danger in this because sometimes if the root issue If the real challenges that underlie things aren't dealt with, God doesn't have an opportunity to kind of get deep down into the soil and do some work in us, then we can just move into this new season of change. Everything's new. It's bright. It's green. It's awesome. There's almost like a euphoric feeling, again, feeling, right, that we get because now, oh, it's new and everything's great. And then this tarries a while. It it sort of hangs, It, it sort of continues for a little bit of time, but eventually, after a while, those same root causes, those same root challenges and issues that brought about the symptoms of the first problem begin to grow back up, and then they begin to manifest themselves, and now we start to experience challenges just the same again. So really, if we're honest, A change of scenery wasn't actually the answer. That wasn't what we needed. God needed to do something a little bit different. So let's open up our Bibles first to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And we're going to read a short story, verses 1 through 8, about an encounter Jesus has with a man that's a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. He's a pretty intelligent man. He's a teacher in the law of the ways of God through the Old Testament to the people of Israel. And he has this encounter with Jesus that he's kind of stumbled, stumped in his thinking by some concept that Jesus introduced. I think it's a concept that you're actually going to recognize, a term you've probably heard quite a bit. We're going to see the origin of that here today. Chapter three, verse one. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these things and these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So Jesus introduces this concept for the first time known as being born again. And Nicodemus is thrown off and he questions Jesus Because he's thinking by natural terms and natural limitations. And he says, I I don't understand this, Jesus. Like, how can a man, I'm a grown man. Like, how can I go back into my mother's womb? Oh, that's just a really weird picture. All of a sudden, how can I, weird. How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? I mean, he's kind of being a little bit facetious, obviously. You You're saying that's impossible, and Jesus is basically explaining to him that there's two kinds of births. There's the first birth, which is physical, that every single one of us experience. We all enter the world by way of the womb, physically. We will all have that first birth, but what Jesus is saying is, is that for those who are in Christ, who receive Christ, that they're actually going to experience a second birth, meaning they will be born afresh. There will be a new life that they will receive. Why is that the case? Well, to understand that, you have to first recognize that in the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve, after he formed their substance, The next thing that he did was he breathed his spirit into his nostrils and he became a living being. And And God said to them, if you eat of the fruit, if you sin, you will surely die. So when they fell through sin, that life that they had experienced left them. And now the spiritual life that was in them was no more. They were physically alive, but not spiritually alive. And everyone who would enter the world by way of the womb through the first birth would actually be spiritually dead and need to experience a second birth in order to have new life spiritually. Does that make sense? Are you with me so far? So Jesus is saying that when you accept him, When you come to Christ, something miraculous happens. You actually get born a second time, but this is a different birth. It's actually a spiritual birth because God sends his spirit to live on the inside of you. And though you were once dead, you are now alive in your spirit. Now, I don't know about you, if you have kids, we have several people, obviously, well, a lot of people, actually, <laughs> that have, this church is really growing. It's not exactly what I had in mind when I said we we're gonna see growth, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> a Lot of births. Uh, but every time one of our kids came along and were born, and you can attest to this if you're a parent, life was never the same again, right, Sarah? I mean, Jess, it's never the same again after you have a child, and it's hard to explain that unless you experience that. Once you do, you know that. Right, Alex back there? And so this baby comes into the picture. That's a lot. I better stop because I'll be talking about names the rest of the time. Everything is different now, which is the same way when the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of us, we are born again, and everything about life changes from that point forward. It's a new point of origin for us. It's a new beginning to a new life. In fact, let me say it now, as we begin to go there today, I'm talking about new beginnings and the challenges of new seasons not being handled properly. This is the new beginning. This is the fresh start, a life that begins with Christ that will actually lay the foundation for every new beginning, every new season that God will ever want to do or ever call you into at any point in your future destiny. And if we don't build off of that foundation, then we will get those transitions, those changes in seasons, we will get them wrong in our own flesh. We need to walk them out based on the way God is leading us and calling us to do. So listen to this in Ezekiel chapter 36. This was a prophetic word hundreds of years earlier that God gave the prophet Ezekiel that lines up with exactly what we just read in John chapter 3 about being born again. Listen to this. In verse 26, he says, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh." I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my commands and do them. This blows me away when you think about that this was a word given hundreds of years before Christ came along and actually completed this very work and this is what happens whenever we step into a life with Christ. God's spirit comes to live on the inside of us. That's significant because as we just read, he says, when I put my spirit in you, Now you'll begin to walk in my ways. Now you'll be able to do the things that I'm calling you to do. You see, the new life, the new nature, if you will, God's nature in us, it creates now a new realm of possibilities. A new realm of abilities that we have because we walk in the spirit now, not in the flesh anymore. And that life that we're living as we're navigating through this journey of seasons and changes, it needs to be a life that is led and guided by the new spirit nature that's on the inside of us. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul breaks it down like this. He says, you need to put off the old man, meaning put to death, put it away, cast it off like a set of clothing. He says, you put, it, put off the old man and put on the new man, meaning wear it and wear it well. Wear it every day in a way that the external, the things that you're living for, the way you're living actually aligns and is consistent with the new nature that's just been birthed on the inside of you. But here's the reality, is that even whenever God puts his spirit on the inside of us, we become a new person, that it's still possible to walk and live in a way where we actually align more with the old nature than the new nature, Meaning the clothing we're wearing, it's like the clothing of yesterday, but there's a new day on the inside of us. And he's saying, that's inconsistent. You want to wear the clothing on the outside, meaning live victoriously because you've just had victory birthed in in your life and destiny has been sparked. Now, how many people woke up today and said, you know, I think I'm going to put on the exact same clothes that I wore yesterday and go to church today? Okay, one, two, three. Okay, four or five people spread out, create some space. Whew. That's ridiculous, right? You wouldn't do that. You, you put on new clothes for a new day. And I think that's a big point Paul was trying to get across is like, look, huge price has been paid for you. I mean, there's a destiny that's been written for you. God's Spirit's on the inside of you. You have power. You have abilities. You have access to wisdom, supernatural wisdom. Walk that way. Live that way. Be consistent with that, not with the old man, the old clothing, but with the new. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. He is a new creation. This is significant. Because this means that that person is a new created being. I mean, this isn't like some little improved version of the former self this is where you've got to take a leap beyond humanism and modern thinking of today and self-help messages and you've got to jump to the realm of the supernatural impossibilities of the God we serve he's saying you're not just a little fixed up better or improved version of yourself This isn't a car that we just slapped a coat of paint on the outside and we're going to go for a drive now. If the engine was still broke in the beginning, the engine's still going to be broke when you get down the road. You can't just put a little cosmetic on it, right? He's saying when you come to Christ, you're a new creation. Like you're a new being. You have a new nature. It's not the same you. And the enemy would love, in fact, this is one of the things he's very good at, is downplaying underplaying the significance for us of becoming a new creation. This is one of the things he'll say to you. He'll say this, Rachel. He'll say, you're, not, you're still the same person. You're still the same failure. You're still the same mess up. You, you still have all the same problems. Who makes you think that you're forgiven, that all that stuff is okay now? You're still the same mess you were. You just had a little bit of hype or a little fun experience at church or something. And he causes people to think, oh, yeah, I guess he's right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a new me. I'm, I'm, what am I thinking? I'm the same person. I'm the same person. But you're not According to the written word of God, when God's spirit comes to live on the inside of you, you're absolutely a new creation. You're not the same person you were before. It says old things pass away, which means death to them. It means they perish, they're severed, they be cut loose. Old ways of thinking, old habits, old tendencies, all of those things actually get buried in the old life with the old man. And it says, all things become new, which means a birth point, a new beginning, where now a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing, and a new authority to walk in becomes a part of how we can live out every single day from this point forward. That's why baptism is so powerful, because it's an outward statement to the world. It says, when I go in that water, this represents the old me, The dead me, the old life, that's going down into the water. It's getting buried in there, and it's getting left in there. And when I come up out of that water, cleansed and clean, I'm coming up a new person with a new life and a new nature. And that's the way I'm going to live from this point on. Can anybody give a hand clap to that today? So let me show you. Does anybody know what this is? I'm sure you all do, right? Yeah, you've seen one of these every day. This is a butterfly house. Oh, it's, it's great. Know it to self. People like butterflies. Okay. So we homeschool. Well, um, oh, Katie homeschools. <laughs> um, and so the kids are doing this science project where they're going to get a bunch of caterpillars. And then they're going to put the caterpillars in this house. Hopefully, they stay in there. <laughs> and. We're going to watch and observe them. You know, you put the water and the food, whatever you do in there. And then they form a cocoon, right? And then the caterpillars go inside this cocoon and they're all covered up. And while they're in this cocoon, something very amazing begins to happen. Something that we can't actually even really see beneath the surface of what's going on. But that caterpillar is actually turning into transforming into a butterfly so when it emerges out of the cocoon you got to get this it's not a caterpillar anymore it's this isn't a process of evolution it's a transformation and the word that is used who knows what the word is for butterfly for caterpillars becoming butterflies Metam. thank you very much thank you yes metamorphosis did you know that that's the English word that we get from a Greek word called "metamorphu"? And that Greek word metamorphoo is the word that the Bible uses to describe the miraculous transformation from death to life. Wow. It's the word it uses to describe the new nature and the new man coming forth out of the old nature and the old man. It's an actual new being. It's not the same creature it was before. And when the butterfly emerges, get this, and think about the new man, the new created you. When the butterfly emerges, it doesn't crawl around and spend its life in the dirt anymore. That's the old nature. The butterfly has to spread its wings do something that's never done before because it wasn't possible before. The new you has new possibilities the old you did not have and so the butterfly can spread its wings, do something that's never done before and now live within its new nature and its new context with its new capacity. It doesn't go back to crawling around in the dirt anymore because it now lives within its new nature. God's calling us in the same way, saying, look, it's it's tragic. If you've been bought at a price, given a new nature and a new life, live that way. Spread your wings and fly. Live within the new context and the new capacity that Christ's precious blood purchased for you to have. Don't live according to the old nature in the old. Don't crawl around in the dirt and keep your face in the ground anymore. Right? Look up and live with a new purpose and a new realm of possibilities that God has delivered you unto and made possible for you to have. Amen, amen. You know, perhaps to me, I mean, the butterflies, they're beautiful. We've already established that. Everybody loves butterflies in here. They're flying around. I mean, they're awesome. But I think for me, perhaps the most awesome all inspiring reality about a butterfly is not exactly that its wings can fly and that it's pretty to me the most miraculous thing about a butterfly is that it used to be a caterpillar is that it used to be a caterpillar it used to be something else entirely and the bible says that though we were dead Now we are alive. We've been called out of darkness and into God's marvelous light. We've been set free from a bondage and we've been liberated unto a life of freedom and purpose and destiny that God has created us to have. And this is what I want to get through to us today, is in the changing seasons of life and we know that it's coming God created it that way. It even says in Genesis 6, it says, As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. Seasons are going to change. But this is what I found, is that if we aren't living according to the new nature, according to the new man, from the new beginning that we've been birthed into by Christ's precious blood, if we're not living in that way, guided by the Spirit of God in all things, then those changes and transitions of these seasons in our lives, folks, they will be frustrating, they will be difficult, they will be filled with heartache, there will be a restlessness and a a pain to them. But when seasons transition outside, you see the the spring is coming in from the winter and then we'll have summer. As the seasons transition and change, it's like a graceful transition. Did you notice that? I mean, the seasons aren't like struggling to get the new one in. It's just this graceful transition because the hand of God is setting in order. You like that? That was pretty good. I know. Thanks. Um, When we transition in our lives into new things and new seasons, new chapters, it's supposed to be the same way. There's a rest. There's a peace. There's a grace that we step out of and step into the next level of the things that God has for us. And it's not these situations that we run into, dear God, change this chapter, Give me a new person in a relationship. Give me a new job. Give me a new place to live. Change these. I just need a new fresh start. Oh, great, everything's new. I just changed everything. And then boom, a year later, here we are again. Here we are again. And this can actually go on for an entire adult lifetime. You know that? People can actually keep circling the same mountain their entire life and coming back to the same place again and again and again. Because they think the change of scenery is what they need. When what they need is they need a change of heart. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the scenery will be good wherever they go. There's a rest and there's a grace that we transition into. But when we're trying to change seasons, force new beginnings uh, in a way that isn't consistent with what God is doing, they get all broken And they get all damaged. And we don't just hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. And there's things that we do. For example, a lot of times we want to force a new season. I need a new beginning. I want a fresh start. And many times what's needed is that you need to write a better ending from the old season before you do. Because I've learned it's just as important, guy, maybe more important, how you leave a season, how you leave a place, as it is to how you step into the next place <laughs> good beginnings all flow out of good endings healthy beginnings come from healthy endings you with me so you force that you can damage that there's also times where we just try to grab hold of and pull something in prematurely we try to force a new season a new beginning when the timing just isn't right yet the Bible says in the book of Proverbs an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end we force it too soon don't allow it to mature, then it will never be right when we try to bring it into its time. It'll be a season out of season for us. And then the last thing I think about is just how there's a level of growth that always needs to occur before we move from one season to another. It tells us in the word of God that the Bible, that the word is able to uh, give a man, is to complete a man, help him become complete, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. To be thoroughly equipped, get this, means to be prepared, trained, and ready in the season, to be wearing the equipment and the armor that you need for the future battle. So if we don't experience the growth in one season that we need to experience, it'll be of no value to us to step into the next season unarmed and unprepared. There's growth that needs to happen in order for us to move in a healthy way from one season to the next. And the last thing I'll say as I'll close with this. Isaiah the prophet, God was speaking through him, saying to the people of Israel, and this is a word for us today, I really believe that. He was saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. It is springing forth, meaning life is coming into it. And then he asks a question at the end of that statement. He says, do you perceive it? That has always wrecked me. Because he says, I'm doing a new thing. There's new life. There's a new season. But you have to recognize it. You have to see it for what it is. So that you can follow and be led and not try to lead yourself into this next place. And if we're walking with God, living according to the new nature that's in us in our new created man, then we walk with him in a way where we can hear and we can see and we can perceive the changing of the seasons and what's healthy in our lives. No different than you can look around right now, see all the buds and the leaves and the green popping and everybody knows spring is here. Well, you can walk through this life and not be close with God and you cannot perceive at all what it is that he's trying to do. But if you'll walk closely with him, hear his voice, see what he's up to, it'll allow you to make the healthy transitions, shifts and changes with proper growth into the new chapters, the new levels of your life that will complete your destiny as God leads you through this earth and eventually will be fulfilled when we go to be with him for all of eternity. Amen? Amen. Does that help? Anybody been helped today? New beginnings, right? Think about new beginnings in a new way. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? Let me invite the team to come back up. And just ask you to ask yourself the question now as... We close this out. Are you praying about a new chapter? Are you praying about a new season? Awesome. Is that the solution? Is that really what is needed for things to get better? Or will it just be a mask? Will it just be a cover that will hang Till eventually those root issues just come back up behind and present themselves again in your life maybe God is taking you into a new season he does that and we celebrate that and it happens for all of us but again my message today is that perhaps there is an unhealthy process in the change and the new beginning that we are trying to seek and trying to force Let's let God examine our heart, take a deep look on the inside of us and determine, is there growth that needs to happen? Do I need to let go and put to death some old things of the past that cannot come with me into the next chapter? Do they need to be let go? Do I need to enter into this thing in a different way? If that be the case, allow the Lord to speak to you, allow him to order your steps And I promise you, as sure as he's put his spirit in you to give you new life, he will give you wisdom and he will guide your steps every part of the way. He'll make that crooked path straight, amen, amen. Let's pray, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in our lives. I thank you for putting your spirit in us and giving us new life. God, help us to not underplay, undervalue the significance, the miraculous moment where we were created into new beings, God, by your spirit. Help us to live our lives in a way that aligns that's consistent with that. And I pray that today we would get a fresh revelation from you about new beginnings, new chapters, and new seasons in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.